Welcome, everybody, to the Stoned on Sports podcast. My name is Matt. My hairline is receding. I'm unemployed, and because of that, I have makeup on right now, but don't tell anybody. Also, somebody I know had a sex dream about me recently, so that was a nice little boost to my self-esteem. He's a lucky guy. As always, today I am joined by my two buddies here, Kyle and Ramey. Kyle, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Sweet. Just got done watching the Boston series, Boston Philly series. It was a game for a minute, and then it quickly got out of hand. Yeah, Philly definitely shit the bed there. Yeah, Jason Tatum had himself a game. So I, I know somebody in Philadelphia who was definitely fond of White Claws and is definitely not happy with today's result. Well, that's too bad. That is too bad, but... Uh... Uh, also with us is, uh, like Matt mentioned, is Ramey. Ramey, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. Watched the game as well. Uh, Jason Tatum, unbelievable performance. Uh, didn't see that coming. It was a pretty tight game until, what, about halfway through the, the second quarter and they started to open things up. But excited to be with you guys. I'm excited to see where this takes us. Like Matt said, not much off limits. Um, I am employed for now, so I'm going to have to be a little bit careful what I say because I'd like to keep that employment going so that I can continue to have electricity for this podcast. So um, today, uh, it's a very free-flowing conversation. Uh, we're going to just kind of sit back and see where it takes us. But we do have a few things we'd like to cover today. First of all, like we talked about uh, NBA Conference Finals, the matchups are set. Looking to see where uh, we think the NBA Finals are going to end up, who's going to come out of those two series. Uh, we're going to do some MLB talk. Uh, our favorite teams, where what what surprised us to, this to to date this year, what's uh, disappointed us, those kind of things. So, and we're also going to cover the uh, NFL schedule release as it as you guys know it came out last week. Uh, just get your thoughts on that. So we've got a lot to cover. I'm excited, like I said, to see where this goes uh, week to week, and uh, looking forward to it. All right, let's get into a, a little bit of NBA talk before we get started talking about the conference finals. Just a, a couple little news items. Uh, Mr. Morant, out of Memphis, what is wrong with this guy? Apparently on Instagram Live, there was a video of him flashing a piece while driving and singing along with a rap song. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes, with his best buddy. Who's been, kicked, who's been like kicked out of games and stuff because he that video has since been deleted by the way yeah i mean as a party i've already seen it on reddit of course um but yeah they've taken it down yeah i don't know um i i understand that the nba is all about perception and trying to bring in young viewers um bring in families things like that he didn't technically do anything illegal did he no he didn't um might be in oh. poor taste, especially considering what he's done prior to this. Right. This is kind of his, his, uh, this was the, uh, second time he's done this. That Yes. I think the other one was like two months ago. Yeah. At a 17 at a, days ago, he said, I got to get better with my decision making. 17 days ago. Yeah. Well, After you just got suspended. If you just got suspended, you got no all MVP votes. 
you lost out on 40 million. Like, yeah, dude, just play some ball and stick straight and, and, and make your huge bag. Why fuck around with that shit? I don't get it. I don't want to but I'm also not, I wasn't raised in the same circumstances as his. I don't know all his background really, you know, so I can't really put my mindset in, 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 in his mind or whatever, but still it's, it's inexcusable. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, I know how I was when I was in my twenties and I can't imagine what I would have been like in my twenties had I also had millions of dollars and people telling me how great I am all the time. Yeah. So I can understand why he may have poor judgment from time to time. And this is definitely a, definitely was a bad decision um, to do this, especially on Instagram live again. Um, I hope that he, you know, understands that there are consequences when you're in a position like that, where people look up to you, people are relying on you for, for sponsorships and things like that. But at the same time, I, I, you can only cut somebody so much slack, right? Like with certain, with all that money. And even, even if he is young and even if I was young and stupid at some point, you have to say to somebody, you know, this is going to stop if you continue down this path, like the millions, the sponsorships, I mean, the sponsorships have already dried up a little bit. So I don't know. I, I, I think too, like even his buddy, like if I have a friend who is in the NBA and is a superstar like that, I'm going to do what I can to, to help him and to look out for him and doing shit like that on Instagram live is essentially the opposite of that. Yeah. That, that's definitely a friendship failure. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. They need a big intervention there in Memphis with him because you're going to end up being a nobody. But Delonte West, possibly, like, because you can't get your life together. Right. A what might have been. Yep. So, yeah, uh, interesting news this morning. That, that, that shocked me that he just yeah. had the same thing again. After going through this little uh, therapy and dealing with the team and being suspended and losing out on money and yeah, make so, bad decisions. It's it's time to mature. Another piece of interesting news: the Suns have fired Monty Williams. Um, interestingly enough, since 2020, he is the third coach to get fired after losing to the Nuggets in the playoffs. He joins Doc Rivers in in 2020, who um, he he was with the Clippers at the time, and and he got clipped. Uh, and then in 2021, Terry Stotts got clipped after uh, the Blazers lost to the Nuggets. Uh, I know there's a uh, an opening in Detroit. Hopefully, they're going to end up with a very very high pick here in the in the uh, in the NBA draft lottery. Number one overall Tuesday night would be amazing. Tuesday night, um, maybe he'll be a candidate to go there. Yeah, I think I saw over the last four years he's got the win most amount of wins. As a as a head coach in the NBA, yeah. So they didn't have a terrible year this year. You they wonder, didn't meet they, expectations though after they got Durant. No. Yeah, but but what would have their record have been like had the ball boy had mopped up that wet spot on the floor when Durant was warming up a couple days after he was traded to the Suns? He, Durant didn't have a lot of 
opportunity to kind of gel with the team, but it almost leads you to believe, is it because of the new owner in, in Phoenix, or is it that someone on the Suns with a lot of pull either got tired of Monty Williams or never really saw eye to eye with him? Well, I mean, they do have new ownership there. Um, you know, previous ownership, just based on what I've seen in the media, was not exactly stellar from a human standpoint. Um, so yeah. maybe they they want to bring in their their own guy uh, or gal. You know, who knows who they're hire. Um, but you know, just based on the talent on that team, you know, they they've definitely underachieved. Yes, they they got to an NBA Finals, but. Um, Obviously, they were looking for more than that, and they didn't get that result this year. It'll be interesting to see what that team looks like next year. Yeah, because trading for Kevin Durant put them in a position where they are extremely top-heavy. Um, they've got Chris Paul, Durant, uh, Aiden, uh, Aiden, and Booker. Yeah. And uh, those four, I think, what was it, of, of the... I think the cap's $164 million, and I think the four of them take up like 86% of that cap. Like it's it's tough when you start to sign that many large contracts because of the restrictions of bringing in additional talent and free agency and things like that. Yeah, I think I, Paul, Paul and Aiden are gone or need to be gone, in my opinion. Um, work around Durant and Booker. Yeah. And I think Aiden. they could build a solid, solid team. Aiton regressed this year for sure. I, I I didn't even want them to give him that contract. I, I'm so I happy Detroit didn't trade for him. Oh, yeah, that was worrisome too. I remember that too because I was like, oh, man, this is not – I don't want him. And I'm, so ha- I'm so happy that Phoenix matched what the Pacers offered them. The guy keeps getting benched. You see him not giving ma- – you see him not giving maximum effort. He's not – no, peace. Interesting tidbit I saw today. Uh, Nikola Jokic has the highest career playoff PER in NBA history at 29.04. Um, the person you would imagine uh, leading that, Michael Jordan, is actually in second at 28.60. Uh, speaking of Nikola Jokic and huh. the Denver Nuggets, they are in the Western Conference Finals going against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Kyle, how do you see that series playing out? Denver. Denver and six, uh, uh, they split, uh, this year, two and two, um, the home team won each matchup. I'm going with Jokic is just, I think you mentioned before, he's a bully and, um, I'm not an Anthony Davis fan. I think he kind of caves too and gives up. Um, so I like Denver and six. Nice. Uh, I was kind of thinking the same thing and, and, you kind of touched on it with uh, AD. Um, he'll be looked to to check Jokic and and just the way that Jokic plays, kind of combined with AD's age and and his history of not being the most durable player. Um, I, I really see Jokic just kind of wearing him down over the course of the series. Um, it's going to come down to Murray hitting the open shot and finding yeah. the open players, and they're going to have to convert because Jokic is going to draw a lot of attention. Murray's going to draw a lot of attention, and he's really going to need to distribute the ball and, and play some smart, high IQ basketball. Ramey, what are you think? I think the Lakers are going to win. Uh, nice. I think I think they're going to win in six or seven. I think it's set up for kind of LeBron's last run at a, at a fifth championship. I know how happy that makes Matt. Um, AD... 
only needs to be good four of the seven games. And as you saw in the series against the Warriors, that's pretty much what happened. Um, kind of a, a game on, game off kind of thing. All they have to do is win one game in Denver. I, I think the Lakers are going to take it. I don't know. I, I agree with you guys. I think Denver's the better team. Jokic is insane. Like, watching him in the playoffs, I mean, and he's been like this all year. He's been like this for the past three years. He should have been the MVP this year. Um, I think Embiid was deserving, but I think Jokic just impact on his team and and overall game. I think I, you know the voters get kind of fatigued when when players go back to back and things like that. But I I, I do think Denver is the better team, but I think the Lakers are just going to figure out how to win four games. And that's all they have to do, and I think it's going to be a six or seven game series. I think the Lakers are going to win because I. The NBA is not fixed, but I think the NBA would love to see LeBron and the Lakers in the finals. Of course they would. Of course. I I, I know LeBron's going to do anything in his power to push that team to win those games. You know how, you know, he, you don't got no problem. You don't got no problem getting up and playing. And, and, and to their credit at the trade deadline, they made a ton of moves that really helped their bench, that helped the supporting cast, got them finally some shooters, which is what, LeBron and Anthony Davis need. Oh, they need guys that can space the floor and allow them to do work and hit shots because they're going to be open. So guys like Austin Reeves. I was uh, just going to say, I've been real impressed with yeah, this postseason. He's going to play his way into getting overpaid by some team. Uh, hopefully not the Pacers, but we'll see. But uh, but yeah, the, the supporting cast is much better than it was even at the beginning of the season. And I think LeBron's been able to be more of a facilitator and take a little bit of a back seat and let Anthony Davis kind of step up and own that team. And uh, we'll see where it goes. But I, 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 I get where you guys are saying Denver, uh, but just I have that feeling in my gut that the Lakers are going to figure out a way to win it. Well, piss on the Lakers, piss on your gut. We're done filleting them. Now let's get to the other side of the NBA Finals, and we'll look at the Eastern Conference Finals where we've got – the Boston Celtics and, and Miami Heat. Um, with this series, like, I'm not a Jimmy Butler guy, but I'm also not not a Jimmy Butler guy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's drugged this team is kicking and screaming as far as he possibly can. And, and just in today's NBA, you need more um, than what he can provide on his own. Uh, as far as Boston, you know, Tatum is is just on another level. Um, fantastic player. Brown is, is, um, another excellent player there too. I don't think Boston has much, uh, of a problem with Miami. I I think they win in five games. Ramey, what do you think? I tend to agree with you. I think if Philly had ended up winning game seven, Miami would have had a much better shot just because of James Harden's inconsistent play. Um, being able to focus on just Embiid and the role players would have been a much easier task for Miami, but the duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I think is going to prove too much. Uh, I I think it's going to be a short series. I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think Miami will figure out a way to win one. Uh, they got very fortunate in the first round with Giannis being injured for a couple of games, and they took, to their credit, they they took full uh, advantage of that, and I think Eric Spolster has done a, a wonderful job of coaching as well. I think he's a guy that, when Miami goes on these runs, they talk about what a great coach Eric Spolstra is, but it just seems like 
he's such a much better playoff coach than an in-season coach. Like, there always seemed to be hanging around the 6th, 7th, 8th play-in kind of spots. And he does a nice job, but it seems he's really able to get his team to play well in the playoffs, even when they're shorthanded. What do you think, Vic? Uh, Spolstra, great coach. He's never won coach of the year either. It's it's it's, it's ridiculous. He's it's ridiculous. Uh, no, I think he. I think Ramey's kind of right hit it on the head. He is a good coach. He he's he can. He's one of the better coaches at making adjustments in game. Do you think Boston will go with that double big lineup with Horford and um, Williams? Just like they did in the last uh, couple games against Philly, they kind of rolled like that all last year, um, and and uh, won a ton of games, and um, they got away from it when Mazola, uh, Mazula, Mazola, not sure how to pronounce his name, came, yeah, got the team, and and he doesn't like it, but he finally gave in the other night. Williams was hurt earlier in the year, wasn't he? Or in the off seat, or got hurt at the end of last year? Maybe I just made that up. I th- I know he's been hurt at one point. Yeah, yes, he He's had some knee problems. Yeah. Um, so but now he's, he's good now. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because I think if they can get uh, Bam Adebayo oh. out of the picture and keep him under control, I mean, Jimmy Butler can score 50 points, but if nobody else is putting up 10 or 15, yeah. it's going to be tough for the Heat to win. Well, they got they got Colin Howard. He'll get you that. Yeah. I mean, he's coming off the bench. He's veteran. Good. He's can knock down big shots. He's not afraid of taking big shots. Um. I think Boston ultimately wins. I'll say six as well. I think Miami gets a couple. All right. And now it is time for our pick sixer. So this is our version of a top five list, except we're going the extra mile for you. And and we're going to pick six every week. Different categories every week. This week, it is top six TV shows. Um, for me, coming in at number six is Band of Brothers. Uh, HBO show following the tale of Easy Company throughout World War II. Uh, if you've seen it, you understand just how amazing it is. Ramey, where are you at for number six? I really struggled with this. I could have gone a lot of different directions, but ultimately I landed on Entourage. It nice. was a... It was also an HBO show. Uh, took place or took place back in the early 2000s. Uh, I think you're going to see a theme from these. It was a lot when I was in my college age years, uh, but it was just something that uh, my buddies and I would always uh, get together on Sunday nights when Entourage was coming out. Uh, the next episode we'd watch. Uh, just probably wishing we could live that kind of life, but um, not sure it's an all-time great show in terms of writing and and things like that but it's something that i really enjoyed and something that if i'm if i'm looking to kill a few hours i'll i'll watch a few episodes still kyle what do you got uh my number six is uh an animated sitcom sitcom from fox uh bob's burgers uh some people uh it's got a huge following um very good family of uh five they own a burger joint uh, basically, you know, on the East Coast, New Jersey type area, um, on the wharf and their hijinks. And, but the, it's a, it's a, it's a wholesome family show. I've laughed and I've cried. Uh, I do enjoy it. I, that's something I can put on. I'll have a couple episodes on going out in the background while I'm, uh, thumbing through my phone or something like that. And I'll, I'll still listen to it and laugh. 
So I, I can't let this go unaddressed. Why in the hell are you crying watching Bob's Burgers? There's some funny tearjerker moments on it. I mean, that's all I can say. All right, I'm going to sit here and judge you. That's fine. Are you, cry- are you crying right. from laughter or are you crying because it made you sad? Well, uh, a little bit of both. Do you uh, do you cry a lot, like just on a daily basis? No, no, it's not a big uh, thing that happens in my life. But uh, when it does, it's usually uh, media of some sort, a show, a movie, a book. All right. Well, Kyle's going through menopause, obviously. Let's move on to number five. For me, it is South Park. The tale of Kyle, Stan, Kenny, and Eric Cartman in their town of South Park, Colorado. If you haven't seen this, I don't know what the hell you're doing with your life. (laughs) Overall, amazing show. Kyle, where are you at for number five? Number five, I am The Sopranos, another HBO show. We're picking a lot of a lot of HBO, they made a lot of quality programming. Sopranos was the, one of the first shows like that that was this first big series where these uh, television networks and would, would develop these huge um, series. And um, the one with Tony Soprano and his family and him having to deal with being a mob boss while um, having uh, therapy issues and, and, and things like that. It's a great show. Um, Ramey, over to you. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, another one from my college years, 24, uh, Jack Bauer, Jack Bauer. One, of the, one of the toughest men alive. It was just such a different show at the time when it came out. Uh, pretty much everything in real time as far as an hour episode was an hour in the show's day, and the, the day was a, obviously a 24-hour day. So uh, I really like that. It kind of jumped the shark after a couple seasons. I mean, you can only have a a nuclear bomb hidden in a major U.S. city so many times before it's kind of like, and there's only so many presidents that can be assassinated. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, uh, first two or three seasons really enjoyed it. And it was one of those, again, where a bunch of buddies and I would get together on Monday nights. We would actually go play down at the pool hall in Bloomington when I was at IU. And uh, about when 9 o'clock came around, we'd head home and watch 24. So 24 is my number five. I have two things to say about 24. Uh, Alicia Cuthbert, and the amazing CTU ringtone. All right, at number four, uh, we've got The Wire, um, an amazing show of the inner workings of, of both the drug trade and the police forces uh, implemented to stop them. Also, if you can pull off a whole scene by just saying the word fuck, you are doing something right. Kyle, where are you at for four? Well, Funny you bring up The Wire. I'm also uh, a fan of The Wire, number four for me as well. Um, actually, I started watching that show last year, the year before that, on Matt's recommendation because I had never seen it before and I was blown away. Um, great show that just it does break down some of the social things. Uh, uh, it was based in West Baltimore. Um, hard lives there, a lot of crime. Um, my favorite scene is... Um, is it Snoop and Chris and they're at a hardware store and they um, are asking the sales associate about some questions about this nail gun because they're going to use it for, you know, killing. And it's just a great scene. Great scene. Snoop Snoop is great with that. She's actually an ex, actually an ex, you know, convict gang, gang member as well who became an actress. Uh, my number four is also an HBO show. Um, but a bit of an older HBO show. It's the Larry Sanders show. 
as as we go through this experience of a of a podcast, you're going to find out that I'm a big late night fan. And this was a show that I didn't watch until maybe ten years ago or so. It took, I believe, it was it actually uh, was recorded and, and put on the air in the '90s. But um, it's it's a very dark and satirical look at the late night uh, talk show game. And Gary Shandling is a a talk show host, uh, much like Johnny Carson, Dave Letterman, those kind of guys, and uh, just really. Really was interesting to see kind of his take on what it was like from the host's point of view and and the other characters that surround him the um uh the the Ed McMahon character Hank uh the the uh, the writers on the show the guests on the show just kind of the things that you would never really think about when you're watching a talk show um, that that take place and just I I found it very very funny very very dark but very funny. And uh, it's something that I feel still think holds up today. I'll go, I'll just jump to my number three because it's already been said. Um, the Sopranos, uh, another HBO show, uh, really, really enjoyed it. Did again, one of those shows that I didn't watch when it first came out because I didn't have HBO until college and, and afterwards. But when I, when I started watching it, I think I finished it within two weeks. It was one of those where you're watching three or four episodes every day and you're probably yeah. staying up later than you should when you have to work. It's easy. Stay. It's easy to do. Um, but yeah, it was a, a very good show. And I think even one, like I said, with uh, the Larry Sanders show, it still holds up today. Uh, number three for me, we're going to go north of the border and that is Trailer Park Boys. Um, the amazing tale of, of just the struggles that the people go through living in the uh, Sunnyvale community. Um you know, everyone just doing what they can to, to try and scrape by. And, and despite the, the best efforts uh, of Mr. Leahy and, and Randy to uh, really head off those efforts, it, it's really nice to see the boys succeed. Number three, I will go with Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, starring Larry David, um, basically, you know, loosely based on his own life and his uh, social interactions with people and how he makes people awkward. And um, it's hilarious. Uh, it's a very lightly scripted show. It's just basically topics. And then the actors and actresses, they get to kind of make up the dialogue as they go. So it's kind of fresh and interesting that way. So now we're at the top two. Number two for me is Mad Men, a look at Madison Avenue and advertising in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Quite a bit of, of social commentary there, and um, although I would never be accused of, of being fashion forward, the fashion in that show is amazing. Ramey, what have you got for number two? Number two is uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, Walter White, another one of those top ten characters of all time. Um, just a great show. Another one of those shows that you can binge easily, find yourself watching four or five episodes at a time, but going from a high school chemistry teacher to basically a drug kingpin and uh, the lives that he ruins along the way, including ultimately his own. Agreed. Uh, my number two is also Breaking Bad, um, crime drama series, um, AMC content. They make some great stuff too. Mad Men was just mentioned um, as well, but great characters in that high school ke chemistry teacher. You know, uh, gets stage three lung cancer and has to find a way to pay for all the treatments. Coming in at the top spot for me is The Sopranos. Uh, it's been brought up a couple times before. It's the best show ever. Enough said. 
Kyle, where are you at? Um, number one is 90s sitcom, Seinfeld, my favorite show. I quote it all day long, every day. Bringing up the rear here, my number one, also an NBC sitcom, but my number one is The Office. Uh, classic sitcom, ran for, in the in the early 2000s. Uh, Michael Scott, another one of those characters, uh, maybe not exactly, but I think everybody's had a boss that they just, you know, <laughs> kind of don't see eye to eye with or think that, oh my God, how, how are you doing this? Like, how did you get this job? That was our pick sixer. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Please, please comment. Uh, if you agree, disagree, have a show that we didn't talk about, have a show that we did talk about that you absolutely love, show that we talked about that you absolutely hate. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to engage you guys. And uh, if, if you have any thoughts, please put them in the comments and we can talk about them. Uh, we know that our while we like to think that our opinions are the end-all be-all, that's not necessarily the case, and we'd love to hear from you. So it wasn't that long ago the NFL schedule was released, and one of the things I, I really have to give the NFL credit for is they do a, a spectacular job of, of marketing their game. When you have something like the NFL draft that's just viewed by millions and millions of people, uh, you're able to build anticipation for just releasing the schedule and the teams individually making the schedule release videos this year. Um, Titans video, or actually it wasn't even their main video. It was their backup video, just a, a quick man on the street, uh, was absolutely hilarious. Um that being said, schedule is out, and, and just a, a, a couple items that were interesting. Um, number one, the, the Giants got absolutely fisted. They really did. Seven of their first ten games are road games. Um, in today's day and age, that's simply unacceptable. You, you shouldn't have to go through that. Uh, another thing, the Lions getting their essentially midseason bye week. I think it's uh, either week, week eight nine. or week nine. Yeah, week nine. nine. Um, and their early season schedule really is quite favorable, especially considering that J-Mo is suspended because gambling. Um, and, and then the Patriots, you know, their early season schedule is not exactly the easiest. They start with the Eagles and then they get the, the Dolphins, Jets, Cowboys, and Saints right off the bat. That's a rough five-game stretch. That is. They they get kind of a mini break with the Raiders and then they've got the bills and dolphins again. Um, so hopefully Mac Jones can, can get things going. And obviously Matt Patricia is gone. Um, we'll see what Bill O'Brien, the coach can do. Uh, obviously Bill O'Brien, the GM got Bill O'Brien, the coach fired, but you know, now he's in there to run the offense and, and hopefully it can look like a competent NFL offense. Yeah, I think, the, the the AFC East, it's it's going to be a tough year for those teams. Just having to play each other with the with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets now. The Jets are going to have a quarterback, and that's what they were missing last year. But the the AFC East plays the AFC West, and they also play the NFC East in the in their rotation of teams this year. So I mean that's a brutal eight games right there, having to play the Chiefs, Chargers. Uh, Raiders and, and Broncos, who should be better with Sean Payton there, but that's that's yet to be seen. And then obviously the NFC East is is a beast with the Giants coming up and the, the Eagles coming off Super Bowl periods, Cowboys and the Commanders under new ownership. So uh, I think 
everyone that's excited about the Jets and putting them in the Super Bowl may want to pump the brakes a little bit because that schedule is rough. And I know they open on Monday Night Football against the Bills at home. If they don't win that game, it, it could be tough sled because I think they go to Kansas City within the first four or five games. Uh, it's it's just a brutal schedule. So the the schedule I am excited about is the Colts' schedule. I don't have delusions of grandeur by any means, but they do have a very easy schedule, and they do they go to Germany to play the Patriots, but that's technically a home game for the Patriots. So the Colts get nine home games. Uh, the division is soft, uh, much like the Colts, the the uh, the Texans and the uh, Titans are going to have rookie quarterbacks, although the Titans may still run out Ryan Tannehill and try to run it back one more year. Jacksonville's an up-and-coming team, but uh, they're playing the the uh, the NFC South as well. So Carolina, uh, New Orleans, uh, Tampa Bay, and Atlanta. Uh, just it, It's a soft schedule. There's no primetime games. I think if if things go right, they could win more games and surprise some teams. But again, with a rookie quarterback and an offensive line that's coming off a pretty shaky year, it's it's a good it's a good year to develop your rookie quarterback because you don't have a ton of primetime games and a ton of really tough opponents. Good. Ain't nobody trying to see the Colts in primetime anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they have the 29th easiest schedule, Ramy. I'll take so, it. No, I will take it. Yeah, I mean that's that that that's awesome. Uh number one is uh Let's see. Eagles, Dolphins, Patriots, and Cowboys and Giants are tied for fourth. Um, yeah, I don't read too much into nice. that. It's the the NFL and the teams change so much from year to year that trying to figure out a strength of schedule based on what teams did last year uh, can almost be a, a fool's errand. There is some carryover, but you know those numbers. Make sure you take them with a grain of salt. All right, and now it's time to talk a little bit of baseball. Uh, 2023 has definitely seen some changes since last year. We have new rules surrounding uh, the shift. We've got bigger bases. There are new rules surrounding uh, how often a pitcher can step off and, and throw to first. And those changes were made to increase offense. Well, where are things at this year? Uh, not surprisingly, uh, year over year between uh, last year and this year, ERA is up uh, about half a run. Uh, home runs are up. Strikeouts are up. Walks are up. So the, the changes made to increase offense and lower three true outcomes has actually raised our, our three true outcomes. Um, but they've also had a massive effect on stolen bases, which are nearly doubled from last year. Uh, and then slugging on base and average are are all up. Uh, so obviously the, the offense is, is coming up, which is what they wanted to see. We are also at the end of uh, rookie and prospect eligibility. And for those of you that don't know, in order to retain your rookie or prospect eligibility, you need fewer than 45 days on an MLB roster. If you're a pitcher, it's fewer than 50 innings pitched. Or for a hitter, it's 130 at-bats, which means... We should have a new number one prospect, and for me, it's Ellie De La Cruz. He is in the Cincinnati Reds system, and the dude is just a beast. He hits that ball like it owes him money. He's got amazing speed. He doesn't need to work on his plate discipline, 
Um, but that'll come with time. Right now he's a triple A. I expect he'll be up this year at some point. At least give him a taste of the show and let him check out the tall buildings, uh, as Jim Price would say. <laughs> he was the fellow that uh, had, what, 116? Yep, he, uh, he hit three different three balls, hits. 116 miles an hour or faster in the same game. Same game, yeah. That's, um, wow. Actually had the opportunity to see him play live in Birmingham, although, uh, being honest, I was a little fucked up at the game and don't remember much, but it was still kind of cool. Not surprising. But, Not surprising. I'm excited to see who the Reds are going to trade him to in 2026. Oh, shit. Um, just a few interesting tidbits from the season. Uh, the team with the fewest strikeouts is none other than the bottom dweller of the NL East, the Washington Nationals. Um, the Pirates are leading the league in stolen bases. Three of the top teams allowing the most home runs are in the AL Central. But it's not the Twins because their pitching has been fantastic. They're at or near the top in uh, team strikeouts, whip, average, earned runs, and hits against. And just like everybody expected, Yandy Diaz is leading the league in exit velocity average at 95.7 miles an hour. That's nuts. That is nuts. Like I know that like uh, Spencer Strider and his uh, 15 per nine. Oh, is it 15K per nine? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's on pace for 300 strikeouts this year, I believe. That's uh, Yeah, you're probably right. But he's another like I'm just blown away what some of these players are able to do. They're so talented. I I like that the changes have emphasized athleticism and pace of play. Um, I think baseball obviously has lost a lot of fans over the last 10, 20 years because sitting down to watch a game that's going to potentially go three, three and a half, four hours is just not sustainable. Lowering the, uh, the average time of game down to close... Closer to two and a half hours, I think, has been a big, big benefit to these changes. And also, there just needed to be more action during that time to sit around. I know that the metrics say swing for the fences, hit the home run, strikeouts aren't as important. If you're going to score runs, you got to hit home runs. But I just, maybe I am a romantic about baseball, but I just enjoy seeing base hits, moving a guy over, sack flies, bunting. Matt, you see, Matt hates that type of stuff, and I am a small ball guy like you're talking about right now. I, I see I've that. heard that about you, Kyle, being a small yeah. guy. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the rumor is. Uh, um, but I, I, I agree with you on that. I don't like the ghost runner. Yeah, I really I, it's a, it's I understand you don't season. want, like, you know, 18-inning games or something yeah. like that, but, like, come on. Yeah, no. For the, for the regular season, that's fine. Uh, they got to worry. Players got to worry about travel now they're working these late games and it pushes other games and i'm fine with it postseason absolutely not what are some surprising things that have happened this season to you guys teams players good or bad the way that tampa bay took off i'm who wow yeah didn't hit that tigers mark though it's interesting to see um a team like the cardinals just completely shit the bed I mean, because they, they've been contenders year in and year out for a decade, decade and a half. I was a big Wilson Contreras fan when he was with the Cubs. I mean, I don't hate him. I understand it. You want to go where the money is, and the Cubs didn't make him an offer. But I feel like they didn't make him an offer for a good reason. The, the game emphasizes catchers that can handle a pitching staff, 
um, that plays good defense, especially with the increased base size, being able to throw out runners. And that wasn't his game. He was going to hit 20, 25, 30 home runs. He was going to bat 260. Um, he was going to be adequate behind the bait, the, the plate, but I think you're seeing some of those problems this year with them moving him to DH and putting in a catcher that is more defensively minded. I do want to talk about how terrible the A's are just briefly. I mean, they aren't even trying to win. No. And that's sad. No, no. The, the A's have been completely screwed over by their owner. Um, it, it, this whole move to Vegas just reeks, you know, and, and to me, and I don't know, maybe it's easy for me to say this because, you know, I, I'm not a incredibly wealthy person who owns a, a professional sports franchise, but, but when you own no. a, a team like that, there comes with it a social responsibility because yeah, like you might own the team, but when it comes to, I guess it's like societal impact. Like all of your fans there locally are are invested in and you know they have emotional ownership in the team and that's not something that can be discounted. Yeah, agreed. It's a shame. It is. I I feel bad for them. I would I would hate that. I'd be protesting and bitching too. It's it's what is their payroll? Fifty million, fifty nine million, something like. I don't that. even know if it's that. It's it's incredibly low. It just yeah. I, I think, mean, I think their highest paid player is Trevor May. Yeah, I think. Imagine being an Oakland sports fan over the last 10 years, just having all of your teams leave. And now it's time for our back in the day replay this week in history. Just uh, some fun little tidbits from the past to end the episode on. Kyle? What you got for us? Uh, mine is a little World War II history. Um, I'm a big history buff, uh, mostly U.S. history. Um, but uh, the Memphis Bell this week, 80 years ago, uh, ran their 25th bombing run in a row, uh, part of the Allied bombing campaign and targets in, in, in uh, Europe. Go ahead, Ramey. What you got? Okay. Uh, my back in the day replay is a much lighter uh, tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 20 years ago this week, the uh, the three-year championship reign of the Los Angeles Lakers finally came to an end when the San Antonio Spurs beat them four games to two in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, Tim Duncan had 37 points and 16 rebounds. Tony Parker had 27 points. Uh, I believe that was the year when Carl uh, Malone and Gary Payton joined the, uh, the Lakers to try to give one last grasp at a championship and it all went down in a ball of flames. All right. I've got a couple of tidbits for us. Um, this week in 1962, Marilyn Monroe does her famous happy birthday song for president JFK. Uh, it is believed he was tapping that ass at the time. 32 years later to the day, uh, JFK's wife at the time, Jackie Kennedy died. Kind of, uh, Kind of an interesting coincidence. Uh, and then this week in 1912, the Tigers lost 24-2 to the Philadelphia A's. The Tigers used amateur players to protest Ty Cobb's suspension. Cobb was suspended for rushing the stands to accost a heckler three days prior in New York. All right, that's going to do it for our inaugural episode of the Stoned On Sports Podcast. Kyle Ramey, what'd you think? 
You going to come back next week? I don't know. Sir. Not sure. We'll see. I'll think about it. What do we got for us next week, Matt? Fuck, I don't know. I don't have a thing pulled up. What do we got on tap for next week, Ramey? Yeah, I think we're going to continue to talk about the NBA playoffs. The Western and Eastern Conference Finals should be in full swing, and we'll have our reactions to that. Some more MLB talk, just to see how the season's going. Uh, we'll do our pick sixer again and our back-in-the-day replay, as always, and we'll maybe get into a little bit of sports gambling, if that sounds acceptable to you fine gentlemen. Excellent. Yeah, it sure does. All right. Well, on behalf of uh, Kyle and Ramey, thank you for watching, and we will talk to you all next week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, download, comment, um, and, and all that other shit. I don't know. There's too damn much of it, but you know what? We need you to do it so that way other people can listen to what is hopefully not this disaster of a podcast. Appreciate you, folks. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>